Hi. Hi. Um, you know, in our last episode of our podcast, mm. you claimed you could wangle your financial genius and give me a blueprint for how I could retire at age 30. I, think I was challenged to wangle my financial genius mm-hmm. rather than claimed I could. Um, but can I retire at 30? No. So we, we kind of got thinking about the idea of a podcast because of this maybe crazy, maybe not crazy idea of retiring at age 30. Crazy idea. But we then found that actually there's quite a lot of misconceptions generally and a lot of questions around finance. So we asked some people that we knew to ask people that they knew if they could sit down with a financial advisor, could get an hour of their time for free because we think costs a big barrier. People think it's really expensive to see an advisor so they just keep away from it. What is the burning question that you could ask them? And I think what we got back was quite a range of questions. So I think this one's interesting, which is just why should I listen to you? Oh, um, oh that's what they would ask the advisor, not yeah, me. That's what they, yeah, no, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what they would say to an advisor, why would I listen to you? The reason why I'd ask why should I listen to them is if they start reeling off their experts or professionals, I would have known that so they'd be wasting my time. Plenty of professionals and experts have hopeless records and there's also plenty of analysts were saying things were fine when 2008 was getting underway, which was, you know, our credit crunch and things. So there is a lot of distrust there in financial services and I think hopefully we can address that at some point. Um, yeah, I think that's the kind of thing that we could explore a little bit further. Just Great, um, but why should people listen to you? I've got all of the qualifications. Uh, I've no, got, oh. no, that's not good enough. Oh. I'm going to Paxman, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I could ask a couple of questions to get people to delve a bit deeper into who the real Cathy is mm. because just saying Cathy Harrison, the dumbest, cleverest person I know, <laughs> doesn't always answer all of the questions. But it's pretty accurate. So, okay. da 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 da. <laughs> if you could. You really are Paxman in me. You're really? I'm yeah. under pressure. Good. Um, if you could only listen to one song for the rest of your life, oh. what song would it be? I know many songs that it won't be. I'm going to say Black Street No Diggity. Oh, good choice. Good choice. Give me orgasms with that answer. <laughs> um, ISA or pension? Oh, ISA. Pen- pension or property? You hate this question, don't you? Because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> just comparing apples with kumquats. I just think people choose property because something they understand. There's talk around my property is my pension. Well, it isn't because actually if you're living in it, unless you're just going to put a brick out of the wall and eat it, it's not your pension. Your pension is the word for an income when you are no longer working. Um, so property, therefore, isn't a pension. Um, so it just drives me crazy when people think that's the way. However, I would say a property, but not for the reasons that people might commonly think. Oh, interesting. Would you rather be deaf or blind? Deaf. Eh? <laughs> I've got the answer to this. Um, and I'm, I'm gonna, I've wrote this answer down so I can show you. It's like a magic trick. Um, when will you die? 92. 92. It says 92, doesn't it? And she knows when she dies, she's going to die. Um, so why will you die at 92? I just make a lot of my life decisions based on when I'm laid on my deathbed and I'm looking back, will I be pleased that I made that decision? And, and every time I put my mental body into um, a deathbed for no apparent reason, I'm 92 in that particular image and I've gone there so many times that it's just cemented and I'm 92 when I die, but I'm really happy about it because I've lived a really good life and I knew it was coming. <laughs> I mean, amazing. Um, I know that you're a big fan of the bucket list mm-hmm. and that's actually ties in with what we try to do in finance. It's actually about how to achieve your goals and yep. what is one of the things that you've done on your bucket list that you really enjoyed and what have you got left to do? One of the ones on my bucket list was, 
It was actually buying a property for my mum. Mm. So it's on a mortgage. It's not like I just, you know, won the lottery and could afford to buy her a property outright. But where she was living wasn't very nice and being able to put her into a property that she really liked and was happy living in was a big thing that I worked towards for a long time. Did you ever commit that crime? <laughs> I didn't know, I know, and that's yeah, I had on my bucket list just breaking the law because I'm just too straight laced sometimes. But, <laughs> but you know, only to a level that I wouldn't actually get arrested or in any kind of trouble or anybody would find out. Yeah. A few days ago, so this is, you have to answer truthfully. Oh. Do you agree? Yeah. You So you mm-hmm. promise me now you will answer truthfully. Mm-hmm. How did you do that card trick that you showed me the other day? No, <laughs> you cheat. No, magician no. can't reveal its secrets. No, you just promised me that truthfully, you were going to Truthfully, truthfully. Through magic. It wasn't the magic. What's magic? Do you remember magician? It wasn't. What's your favourite word? <laughs> um, mm. When will you retire? I will never retire, Jojo. Do you think you won't ever retire? No, He'll never I, be rid of you. He'll definitely never be rid of me. I would like to think I won't have to ram every single minute of every day, as much as I do at the moment, to squeeze everything in life. I'd like to ease off at some point. Um, but I can't ever imagine not working. And even when I retire, I want to write a novel, so I think that'll take up quite a lot of time too. Would you rather be eaten by a whale or a shark? Well, Do you still think you can live in a whale? Yes. No. I, just, I can picture the living room. I just have, um, oh, would you hang a little picture up? Yeah, I'll have a little rug on the floor. and um, I'll probably even be able to get a bit of Wi-Fi in there and get Wi-Fi everywhere now. I'd be quite comfortable. Fabulous. Um, last question. Can you tell us your finance credentials? Oh, oh that's sorry, a we've run out of time. Avoid. No, we've run out of time. There's a buzzer. Sorry about that. Thank you. <laughs> we once got thrown out of a comedy gig for laughing too hard. Had this big bit about how... Like, nerds have favourite calculators, and Cathy and I were just like... Like, but was it Cassio? And then, yeah, and then, so I said to her, I've got a favourite calculator, and she said, I've got a favourite calculator. And we started laughing, and the guy was like, basically, what are you laughing at? I said, oh, we were just talking about our favourite calculators. I wrote my name on the back of mine at work, because I'm like an actual child. Do you know what I need to, because people keep touching mine. Disgraceful. I know. This is my home favourite, but work favourite. <laughs> So I don't know if we need to really go over our financial credentials. The fact that we've got a favourite calculator probably says enough, doesn't it? Right, um, that wasn't as bad as I was expecting. To what be were honest. you expecting? It just you got all very intense right at the beginning, and I just didn't know where you were going to go. Love question answer. Well, curious. handy because guess what? <laughs> And as a nice introduction to who you are, what is your favourite word? Um, I do like the word poppycock. Yes, strong. Um, I like the way it sounds. I also like shenanigans. Oh, it's a great word. Strong, aren't they? Mm. Okay, what's the best financial decision you've ever made? I would say getting on the property ladder really young. So I was 19 when I bought my first house. Okay. Straight into a mortgage. It was very low. And I've still got that property. And as much as I regret now not selling it because it's gone through such a void period with the tenants and the property price dropped, it's still nice to know that I have it and that, you know, it's still always there as an option. Well, I was going to say, what's your worst financial decisions? Is it actually almost It's almost linked, yeah. It's almost two sides of the same of the coin. I, with I really loved the fact that out. I could buy a property at 19. And as much as it was inappropriate that the mortgage companies came seeking me out when I earned so little and could not really afford it... And I probably should have just sold it when I moved out, but I didn't. I decided to keep it. And then it's the value of it's just gone down and down and down and down. That part of it was not great. So buying it was good. Not selling it was bad, <laughs> ironically. Well, um, so it's the same thing, but 
And yeah. this is the point that we come back to that actually you can't, you don't know what's going to happen. You, you don't, don't you can't control the timing. And, and when people talk about pensions versus property, people often forget that property prices can go down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you speak to a few people who've always had good experiences where they go, oh, I bought my first one for £10,000 and I sold it for £4 million. And yeah. actually that's, you know, that's not everybody's experience. It's certainly not, no. And certainly not in the north absolutely, where there's much yeah. more disparity between property prices. If you were a sandwich filling, which one would you be? Oh, I feel I'm kind of just, you know... There's, how can I put this? It's the most challenging question that you've had. It is the most challenging question I've ever had. I'm not pretentious. I am just what I am. I'm a cheeky bit of ham. Do you want anything with your ham? No. Oh, interesting. No. I work alone. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm a butter. A bit of peas pudding because we're northern. A bit of a northern ham sandwich. On a side note, I had a bacon and egg butty in London yesterday, um, but it was a great northern hotel next to King's Cross, and it's lovely and fancy, and I just wanted a proper bacon butty. Mm. So when he came over and it said bacon and egg and an artisan roll, and I was like, when you say artisan roll, is it is it like hard, crunchy bread, or is it soft and squishy? And mm. it's soft and squishy. I was like, oh, phew, thank God. <laughs> Does artisan like that just mean pound. like they source their own materials? I don't know, like but I was just worried I was just going to get really rock hard. Pretentious bacon, bacon butty. Yeah, which I just didn't want. And um, how much did it cost out of interest? Oh, like 14 quid. It was ridiculous. What is your favourite movie? Oh, it's a hard one. I'm a bit of a movie buff. I love a good movie. Um, my favourite movie of all time is Singing in the Rain. Oh, yeah, I love all. a musical. Um, absolutely love a bit of Debbie Reynolds and Gene Kelly. I watch Singing in the Rain at least twice a year. Do you? Yep. Um, always which... at Christmas and then occasionally once during the year. just going to say which films do you watch at Christmas? Um, always Home Alone. Yeah. Um, either Home Alone 1 or Home Alone 2, we rotate it every year. Um, I like a cheeky bit of Elf. Still love Elf. How do you feel about them remaking Home Alone? Shut the front door. I didn't, didn't even know. No. Yeah, they're remaking it. If you had £20,000 windfall, so it's mm -hmm. just appeared tomorrow in your bank, yep. and the only stipulation is that you can't spend it on anything sensible, so it can't be invested, it can't go into a pension, not ticking off your mortgage. No, 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 what would you spend your 20 grand on? Oh, I love ticking off my mortgage. No, can't have it. Um, what would I spend it on? I'd literally spend it all on my kids. And you couldn't spend it on your kids, what else could you spend it on? Um, what would I spend it on? Right, okay. What could I do with, oh, £20,000? I could just blow it on a really nice holiday, couldn't I? Yeah. That's just boring, though. I want to think of something else. How much are those tickets to the moon? Oh, like a quarter of a million. I appreciate that you said it couldn't be sensible, um, but also that it couldn't be invested. Mm -hmm. But I presume by that you mean in traditional senses. So what about if I bought a big batch of crystal meth? Or the equipment to make crystal meth and then made some crystal meth, although I don't know how but then sold it for like a quarter of a million pound and then bought a ticket to the moon. I'm pretty sure when we discussed this, you didn't want to go to the moon. I do want to go to the oh, moon. Oh, do you? Yes. I'm going to say no. I want to see you spend your £20,000 and... Um, what not on drugs. <laughs> not on drugs. And what you're immediately showing so, is that you Mom, just always so want more. <laughs> 20 grand's not enough. I need a quarter of a million. Not like people yeah. who win the lottery and go, oh, I only won seven million. It's not enough. I need yeah, no, you're right. I was just being greedy with my drug empire. And you're assuming returns on crystal meth, and I actually don't know what they are. And also, you could get all the equipment for 20 grand. I just. I also don't really know yeah. how much drug paraphernalia costs. I mean, come back to me with a business plan and we'll <gasps> consider it. But in the meantime, I would. But I just honestly can't think really of can't, what I would buy you? for like if someone gave me twenty grand tomorrow, what it's would I buy? Be boring and have the holiday of a lifetime. Oh, that is boring though, isn't it? 
What would um, the holiday of a lifetime be? Where would you go? I don't even know. I'm so boring. Um, I literally, whenever I get any cash, just paid off my mortgage. I'm so boring. I can buy two thirds of a kidney. <laughs> <gasps> I could, couldn't I? I might just have three kidneys. Imagine. <gasps> how much is a liver? I buy an extra. You could liver. just work through them all. Yeah. Imagine Amazing. how much I could drink if I had two livers. That That's what good. I want to buy a liver. But. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we talked about um, questions. Um, there was some really interesting questions around why do I need a private pension when there is a state pension? There mightn't be a state pension at all by the time we retire because I've heard many people say that. I say that all the time, don't I? <laughs> Are you many people? Of course, I think the way that they're forcing people to create their own pension provision means that there will be, I think it'll be, there'll still be a state benefit but I don't think it'll be for people who've worked. Um, there was some really interesting questions around um, why do I need life insurance? What? Yeah, why do you need life insurance? Unless you've found the spring of eternal youth <laughs> because you're probably going to die yeah. and you probably don't need all of the debt and liabilities that you've accumulated in your life to fall under somebody else's shoulders. Might be one yeah. way of looking at life insurance. Interestingly, I'm going on holiday tomorrow. I may have mentioned it a couple of times. So I always do this and I said to the kids um, yesterday, well, I'd said to Lennon, who's 20, um, right, okay, so the life insurance documents, um, in case I die by pirate, the life insurance documents are in the bottom of Dad's wardrobe, in a, in a folder. I said, what you need to do is you need to get those out. If anything happens to me and Dad, will you phone Cathy? She'll sort it out for you. Thanks. I always do that. I always <laughs> tell you to phone Cathy. I did, do you remember last time I said you have to sort out my life insurance? So I said, these are the documents. Um, and Lennon said, how much is it again? And I said, oh, you know, like it's 250000 each or whatever it is and then Jude went oh um, I'll be right back and then he went to go run up I went where are you going he went well I've just found out you've got half a million pound in the bottom of the wardrobe and I went no and he went well I just thought that's what it was I just oh, thought that like that was the money like a box of, like a box a of money of um, that's my life insurance that's amazing yeah uh, and he just and I never thought why wouldn't he know what life insurance because, is yeah. you know it's 15 yeah. um but yeah he thought I'd just been sat on this half a million in the bottom of the wardrobe that I would only use if I died yeah, yeah. it's kind of must be in a sealed box of some kind <laughs> um but he didn't have, he obviously Aww. had no clue what life insurance was so a if I die that's where it is good to know b there's a misunderstanding around there's life a misunderstanding. insurance one of the guys in the office said I are you frightened of pirates? I went, well, I wasn't until you brought it up, but how cool would it be to die by pirate? <laughs> that would be a great way to die, wouldn't it? Mm. I would be saying, is it true what they say about how you wear that eye patch so you can see under the deck? And it's not because you're blind in one eye. So an interesting fact about pirates <laughs> is that the eye patch that they wear isn't because they're blind in one eye, it's so that they'll always have one eye accustomed to darkness. So in battle, when they're having to go underneath into the, I want to say, galley, or something underneath, um, they just move the patch from the other one eye to the other, and that eye's accustomed to darkness. Pirates, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. mm, how much does it cost a pirate to get their ears pierced? A buck in a year. <laughs> Always funny. <laughs> uh, why are pirates called pirates? <laughs> because they are. <laughs> I love a pirate, y'all. <laughs>
So I was at an event the other day. One of the things that came up in that conversation was around what a different culture we live in now and how everybody, and it's not even just a generation thing, we all expect everything instantaneously. So they were saying, you know, I can sit now and just order a, a meal and somebody will just come and deliver it right this second. I do feel like Amazon Prime has changed my life. Yes, yeah. There's not really much has. you can't get on Amazon. And exactly that. And you become used to it. And, and if you order something and you can't get it same day or next day delivery, like, pff, what? <laughs> Disgraceful. How much do you think that affects the way we are with money and with finances and the decisions that we make? I think it's a huge impact. There's a lot of debt in the country. Yeah. When I was in uni, they just threw student loans at me. Like, just, I couldn't be giving them fast enough. And obviously, it went on textbooks and important studying materials. You had to think about what you might have I needed couldn't at think uni. what else I would <laughs> spend it on. You were the girl um, who turned without a pen on the first day. I know it didn't go over the textbooks. I missed the seat and fell on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then straight from uni, just credit cards, credit cards. I was absolutely bombarded with them. And I bought my first house. I think I was 20 when I bought my first house. I was at uni and I worked part-time. And they were just like, yep, there's a mortgage. Just tick, 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 tick. Because it was so easy, they were just absolutely thrown at you. So then because people throw money at you, then you go, great, I, need, I want those shoes. I'll go and get them right in a second. And it just becomes ingrained. It can only be exacerbated by the fact that now it won't be even credit cards and things. It'll just be... Apps on your phone. I mean, now yeah. I don't even take my purse places. I know, yeah. I have every single thing I need on my phone and you just tap it and you couldn't tell you how much you spend in a day even. Yeah. You know, there's something tangible about taking cash out. Cash, yeah, absolutely, And yeah. thinking, all oh, right, okay, like, I've just spent £20 there on coffee and toast and some croissants. But if it's on your phone, it's not real. Yeah, so it you, I, I genuinely had this recently. I ended up in town and I had maybe £40 in my pocket. And I didn't have, I'd either not taken my purse or my phone or something, but for some reason that was, I just had that money, which exactly that, it never happens. You just pay with everything on your phone. I was going into town and I'd already booked in to get my nails done. There was something that I wanted to buy. And then I'd said that I would meet my mum and my brother and that I would get the drinks. And once I got into town and realised, I realised I didn't have enough for all three of them. And it blew my mind because I was like, oh no, but I... I I've planned those yeah, three things. Yeah, and, and what am I going to have to give up? <laughs> and obviously it was like the nails, I wasn't giving up the wine. But I, it was about, I had to make those decisions because I couldn't just get my card out and just keep tapping away and tapping away. So I think you're right, there's a big disconnect between exactly what's being spent and because it doesn't feel real. And it's kind of like a game, isn't it? It's all, because that money doesn't exist. You've yeah. never seen that money. Yeah, it's yeah. come from work into Absolutely, your bank. Yeah. Into That money's into never existed. So if you're 16, 18, 21, coming out of school, college, uni, and people are going, here's money, go and spend it because you've not had any financial education as to why that mightn't be a bad idea of course it just seems like a good idea mm -hmm. why would you not to change that mindset from that kind of quick kind of on-demand society and just wanting everything and getting people to think about saving so there's an example where a guy invests two thousand pound a year from age 19 to 26. he's come out of uni he's got his first job he's putting two grand a year in and at 26 he thinks oh you know this this is going into my pension and it just feels really far away i'm not going to bother and he puts nothing else in. So 26 years old, he's paid in a total of 16,000 pounds he's paid in mm -hmm. over eight years. Another guy, at 26, he starts to invest. He puts in 2,000 pounds a year, but he puts it in all the way until he's 65. So he's invested a total of 78,000 pounds. So one's invested 16,000, mm -hmm. one's invested 78. Both retire at 65. The one who's put in 78,000, his pot's worth one and a half million. 
and the one who put in £16,000 from 19 to 26, his is worth 2.2 million. So even though he's put that tiny bit in, it's the effect of the compounding. It's that you can put much less in if you put it in earlier yeah. and end up with a bigger pot than thinking I'll kick it down the curb and you know, I'll yeah, think about I'll start retiring. thinking about that when I'm yeah, 40. Yeah, I'll start thinking about it when I'm 40. Well, then you need to be saving so much more already. Yeah. And I think getting those kind of examples into people's mindset and then thinking actually it's the little and often now mm -hmm. and the earlier I'm doing it is the kind of thing that might help yeah. change that. This was based on 12% interest. So these are not figures I'm saying, <laughs> please invest £2,000 a year for the next eight years and then you can retire on two million. You know, take away coffees and things like that. I mean, you know, I'm a sucker for it. Oh, it's a but necessity. It, <laughs> but if somebody said to me, right, okay, so your budget for coffee this month is 50 quid, I'd think, phew, I'm paying 50 quid on coffee. That's ridiculous. I only have one a day. But actually, that's like, you know, two pound a work day. Yeah. It's, so then, yeah, really easily is done. That's how much I spend. It's, you know, ridiculous. And it's such a cliche. We're not Martin Lewis and we're not running around the street with a microphone and whacking coffee cups out of people's hands. But the fact is, they can. <laughs> it's a bit aggressive. And unnecessary because I've already paid for it. So really, I've just wasted money. Um, but I think there's something about making it quite tangible that does still kind of ring true to people's. Um, I, such a nerdy thing. But I always think, have you heard that Albert Einstein called compound interest the eighth wonder of the world? Right, no, I didn't. Albert Einstein said, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it earns it and he who doesn't pays it. It's interesting. You know, so the point with compound interest is that you're getting interest on your interest. And so if you put your £2 away and at the end of the year you get £5 in interest and you're saying, oh my God, was that, what was the point of that £5 in a year? What a waste. But it's the next year you'll get £10 for ease. Um, and then at some point in the future, actually, somebody's just dropping £100, £200, £300 into your bank account as interest. And you're going, actually, now I'm, you know, I'm getting this. I'm understanding where I'm benefiting from it. So I think it's understanding it's a long-term game. You're never, ever doing it to achieve returns next week or next month. It's not the quick fix. It's not happening tomorrow. But if you can just ride out and let it build, then you literally start to get money for free dropped into your bank account. Money for nothing and your kicks for free. <laughs> I wish I could sing. <laughs> Do you want to read out some of the questions? Um, there was some really interesting questions around, um, you know, the mortgage market. So what's happening now? There's a lot of mortgage calculators and things out there. And the question is, how much can I borrow? It's not how much do I need or how much do I want? It's how much can I get? I think mortgages were always seen as an acceptable debt because you're very unlikely if at all possible to save the money for a house ahead of time so yeah. of course it's a mortgage let's say for example it was two hundred thousand pound you can have two hundred thousand pound for a mortgage should you therefore then go and buy a property for that amount just because you can people just sometimes default to the biggest possible option that they've been given because there's this whole aspirational culture and you feel like you need to earn the most and you need to have the biggest house because there's there's almost some unnecessary status with it. There's everything that comes with that as well. There's the cost then of running your big house. There's the life assurance that you need to be able to repay it. So if you felt reasonably certain that you were going to stay in the area, that you were going to grow into a bigger house, and then there might be something around borrowing towards the higher end of your budget. Um, it just means that you can kind of get settled and you can crack on. However, 
if you don't know what your plans are, and this is the mistake I've fallen into many times over the years, just thinking people are giving me money so I'll buy a house because that's the <laughs> default. But then actually I've gone to uni or I've wanted to move down south or I've had a baby or so many things have changed and then I've just kept changing houses. But then you've paid stamp duty on the current house and then you have to pay stamp duty again. You're having to pay estate agents fees both times. I'm, I'm absolutely no better off by jumping into the bigger mortgage just because it was available to me. Because you could. So I do think it's very much down to the circumstances and as much as possible trying to see where you'll be in 10, 20, 30 years. There's also a little bit about what do you want? Do you want a bigger house? Do you want a shorter mortgage? Do you want a smaller house? Do you want Surplus a longer mortgage? Income, drink coffee every day. Yeah, exactly that. And, you know, there's no right or wrong answers. Absolutely, yeah. So if you got approved for, say, a house of 250000 Mm-hmm. Over 30 years, you might be looking at about 1100 1120 a month to repay. And that's a huge amount to pay for 30 years. Mm -hmm. um, so do you need to be in that £250,000 house? You could reduce it down. You could get a house for about 180 grand and be paying that same amount, but pay that house off in 18 years' time. Mm -hmm. So it's you know, still a huge amount, but actually that makes a very different vision to your life it comes back to what we were talking about before where you don't know what you don't know i don't think people realize how many options there are around properties mortgages pensions savings vehicles you know even with mortgages the types of mortgage you have how long you take it how much you want to pay how much you want to borrow and there's a huge amount of options and you know if you're only tied in for a couple of years there's the option to change it as well you don't have to make one decision you know life changes life gets in the way you know you said there mortgages and pensions are not independent of one another they all interlink financial planning and financial product they all interlink into supporting the kind of life that you need so i think people need to be aware of just how many different variables that there are and how many options and not just default to what's been maybe subliminally ingrained into them that they should be doing mm -hmm. oh no i just feel like i've got a bit soapboxy sorry <laughs> like make a it. joke make a joke um, Sing. Um... <laughs> And the final question we got from uh, one of the girls at work's um, boyfriend, it said, how would you hide drug money? Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, well, that's one to cover next time. <laughs> next time on this podcast. Breaking the law. Oh, book it Look at this. <laughs>
the cinema, the view at Darlington, it comes on, boom, 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 boom. Oh, yeah. And it's really loud. Yeah, yeah. it does the thing. And then and it goes... the darkness. Yeah, and it goes... Like mortgages. Imagine the scene. You're in a cool casino. No, you're not in a casino. Look, I got confused by my voice. Right, okay. Imagine the scene. It's a movie about a bank heist. You go in, there's lots of people in suits, looking suave and have some equipment. And they, <laughs> they get... I mean, you're definitely not getting secondary work because I bought yourself any time soon. I really like the word equipment. They've got lots of bank house equipment. <laughs> um, they get into the vault. They take out the money that's worth around four times their annual earnings. They're caught. Plot twist. Punishment being they have to repay it over 30 years with slight interest. It's called Ocean's 11 year fixed rate mortgage. <laughs> Coming soon. Starring <laughs> Tom Hardy as Joe Campbell. He's, he's got great range. <laughs> Why? Because of the equipment. <laughs> I can't even look at you. <laughs> All right, so um, I appreciate you didn't really give me much time to prepare there, so it wasn't that good. But I thought it was fabulous, though. I, I would give it a I mean, what eight you actually out of ten said, on Rotten Tomatoes. What you actually said was, I have no words. <laughs> so, so we can maybe find some new themes, new topics, see what people are really struggling to get their head around, and maybe get people to can't suggest wait. ideas. Can't wait to do an icy musical. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait through the modem of dance to just explain what. Could we do an equity release limerick? I am on it. You are such a queen of limericks. Please, please write an equity release limerick for the next one.